0: You are listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts Bree.
1: People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris,
0: this is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy flicks it and then Watson just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia.
1: This week on Julia does everything
2: that's embarrassing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's that? Is it better? I like I love it. Love it. That was really fucking hard to do. I got to tell you, so it's episode 261, it is a very special episode for the New Utah Podcast. Uh, we will pretty much just treat it like every other fucking episode, though. It's our five-year anniversary. Um, we started this thing, uh, date-wise was Monday, I think, was actually uh, the five-year, so yes. the the 24th of May was the first recording that we had done five years ago, did, we had done, we did five years ago.
3: We recorded
0: uh, and so this is our, our five-year anniversary, uh, 261 episodes, uh, never missed a week, uh, never did a best of. Um, it's always been us, some of us.
1: Well, the two of you. The, the two of us.
0: The have, two of yep, us. were are the, we're the original. original cast. I mean, I Last was on members. the first episode. That is true. That is true. Um, but that's how podcasts go, right? Like podcasts morph over time. If you don't change,
3: you don't really it doesn't survive
0: yeah so anyway if you're new to the podcast congratulations you've listened to the fifth year anniversary episode or you're listening to it um it's a show all about utah um that's our brand new intro i like it uh i will say i discovered a couple of things um first off jeremy you talk over everyone i was like trying to grab clips of of myself of brie of julia in the few episodes she's been on the show also she's missing tonight she's uh she's on a vacation yes. for her birthday she won't be able
1: to tell us about it because what happens in vegas stays in vegas, stays in Not vegas. In the,
0: if she gets herpes though she can <laughs> that doesn't stay by the way <laughs> uh anyway um yeah you talk over everyone <laughs> like i'm like oh that's a great clip Fucking Jeremy's voice is in it, and I can't split his voice out because I use Audacity and not Audition. Uh, so maybe that's something that I'll eventually do is learn Audition and switch us over. Because if I was to use that, um, then I could actually, uh, every everyone's channel would show up independently, which would be really nice. So you could mute something out if you had to. Yeah, I can, and I could adjust individual levels like when Bree yells into her mic randomly. Like once a show that happens, <laughs> um, and it like hurts everyone's ears, and I could just actually clean that up specifically, which actually is a con because that means it's more work for me to clean up individual tracks. But what if you had to? Well, it would be really nice too for guests because guests um tend to be terrible at talking into the mic, and so you know they talk back here or they talk over here, and that's really hard to hear whenever. You're trying to clean up audio sometimes, so we've had some guests that had to crank their mic way up, and we got all the background noise because the game was so high, and so we'll see. We'll see. I don't think that'll happen in the next year, though, if I'm (laughs)
3: being honest. Maybe for our sixth anniversary.
0: Yeah. Not as big as the five-year. That's a long time. Five years. 260 episodes down in the books. We're on 261. Um that's uh, impressive for any podcast. Most podcasts don't make it even close to that. That's so. about
3: four and a half years more than most <laughs> yeah. podcasts.
0: 25 seems 25 to be the magical, episodes, yeah. difficult number. That's um, the
3: magic number for most most podcast die before episode 25. So
0: I thought uh, we talked about this and we've, I, I don't know how much we've told this on the show. A lot of guests have asked over the years though.
1: Um, well, and we had a special request from our guest last week too.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the things that we don't really talk about is how we started the show. You can go back and listen, but it doesn't, the first few episodes even don't really tell you kind of the origins of the show
3: and the early episodes of the show were, they were rough. Well, we didn't know what we were doing the first few episodes. We were trying to find our groove. We, like, we, so,
0: <sighs> Jeremy and Josh, I'll kind of let you start off, because um, Josh, one of the
3: original hosts, and Jeremy. Um, so, we've been on, we had been on, I can't even remember, three or four other podcasts. So, you guys podcasts. had, like, uh, Undead Soup was one. Undead Soup, we had the... Uh, what was the art one that you guys did? The yeah, the like that vlog we did, thing, did the, the a, a vlog for well, what's that art? Deviant art. DeviantArt. So it was like the Deviant art, like you did reviews of Deviant Deviant art review podcast or something like that. Um, then there was the one that was the writing one about how to publish books and comic books, and but the the problem every one of those had is how many episodes can you do about that topic? So like the. The one where we were critiquing the artwork, you do ten, twelve episodes, they'll sound exactly the same. Yeah, you start to get a lot of the same critiques. It, it just all starts sounding the same. Same with the publishing one,
0: because to be honest, none of you are professional art dealers. No, so I think a
3: professional art dealer could, but I think the audience becomes more limited, right? Well, and as with every podcast we've done, it was just for fun, yeah, it's um, a hobby. But the one on publishing, same thing. How many episodes can you do about publishing? Uh, so anyway, that's, that was our biggest problem. And so when Josh and I had finished up, whatever the last one that, that we had been on, it had been a few months, maybe six months, something like that. Since the, the one we had been on the last one we've been on ended and we knew that we wanted to podcast again. Uh, so we kind of sat down and started brainstorming. What is, what's a topic that we can do that isn't going to just dry up. What's something broad enough yet?
0: Well, and so even prior to the topic discussion, you guys had sent out a blast to a number of friends. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how many the
3: original email was. That was so long ago; it was over five years ago. I, I think we, I think we came up with five or six of. Yeah. The, so uh,
0: Josh and Jeremy had sent out a blast, and they basically said, "Hey, we're thinking of starting a new podcast. We want to know who's interested." we're still in the early planning phases. We don't know what we're going to do a hundred percent yet. And so I responded to that cause I was thinking about doing a podcast at the time. And I was honestly, I was quite jealous of the stuff that you guys were doing with like the game development and things like that. And I wanted to be involved. And then <clears throat> Jess also responded and that's how I met Jess. I didn't know Jess prior to that. Mm-hmm. You and Josh had, had had interactions with her prior. Um, and then when we got together and we were talking about, okay, what do we want the show to be about? What can we decide on that's long living that, you know, we we whiteboarded a ton of stuff. I remember right. like format and who was going to do what. And I'm the only one that stuck still doing the same job. <laughs> Jeremy somehow managed to get away with doing zero for the podcast for a while.
1: He's doing more now. Yeah.
0: He's doing a lot more now. A whole lot now. But yeah. But basically we assigned jobs. And Jeremy's job was showing up. And I've done that very well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we, i remember though that first episode that we recorded in josh's office at their old house with, with the, the dogs barking and the wood floor and the big snowball mic
3: no air conditioning the
1: five of us all sitting in a room with the door uh, closed we were on fucking stools. sweating
0: balls the dogs every time they would bark you could hear every little bit of it because that mic picked up everything uh and then it was it sounds so bad because it was like the first thing i'd edited in audacity ever uh, and it got progressively better. Then we decided we needed mics that helped. Um, well, and we only recorded it at his house for maybe four or five episodes. Yeah, we decided that the dogs and the acoustics were just too difficult, and the lack of AC. Yeah, so we we moved over because to have air in the room, we had to have the door open. And when the door was open,
3: the dogs were would go ape shit all the time. Well, in the air because it was just a swamp cooler. It was yeah. You would pick up this. Hum in the background. Yeah. So we moved here and we
0: were doing it in my tiny office, but we talked about topics and we all came up with, well, we, we love Utah
3: and Utah is a lot more to it than what people think. So let's, let's just do a podcast about Utah. And in so doing, we can talk about anyone from Utah, anything in Utah, any topic in Utah. So it's been nice because it's been broad enough that oh, it's, kind of limitless
0: yeah i mean Bree's doing all the scheduling now and she can attest like we don't run out of people that want to be on the show if a lot of times we don't even ask they they offer it up like hey can we get on your show can we be on your show and then when we do ask no one's ever just said no there's been a couple people
3: that have kind of ghosted us a little bit but sometimes that's just because people are busy Right or scheduling it? Scheduling, yeah, scheduling is conflicts. kind of the, probably the biggest one is scheduling, getting everybody's schedule to work out. But anyways, that that's kind of the humble beginnings. And even in the format, if you go back to the first, even well, the first four or five episodes, then the format changed pretty dramatically. And then the f- another 10, 15 episodes, and then it changed again. So it's evolved.
1: Then that's, then that's about the time, I guess. Josh
3: left. Yeah, Josh left right around episode 24, I think. Ish, just before 25. And And, then when uh, he left, we made some changes. And then we've always kind of critiqued ourselves, and we've always looked at it and said, okay, what's working, what's not working? So a couple times a year, we really
0: take a hard look at it, try to decide how long do we want the show to be, you know? Two hours is a lot, guys. I know that it doesn't seem like it sometimes when you're listening to it. But to do two hours worth of content, sometimes it's really easy, especially when you have a really, really good guest. But that's a lot of work for editing and, and
3: doing the promotional stuff for it. Not to mention the actual just time to talk for, you know, however long that well, takes. Well, and content, coming up with content and same thing, not, not, not sounding like we're doing the same thing every week.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, that's been one of the things that's probably driven the changes I think the
0: most for us is.
1: Well, wasn't that why you guys decided to get rid of the Kickstarter stuff? Cause you ended up doing this, like saying the same things over and over and over again as you critiqued a Kickstarter. Yeah.
0: I mean, we always knew. So when we first started, we said Utah and we always had said, Hey, we want to feature local businesses. Like that's one of the key tenets of what we want to do is support the local community. And you know, initially our thought was let's do independent businesses that are trying to kickstart stuff. Right. Because Josh and Jeremy both had a, a quite a bit of experience running successful Kickstarter campaigns, like crazy successful for Kickstarter. It was it blew me away how well we did. But it was a lot like with a publishing podcast or the art critique podcast, where you know when we started critiquing people's Kickstarters, you know, good local Kickstarters. All had a lot of stuff in common. The bad ones usually had a lot of stuff in common. And, you know, once we did like 10 or 15 of them, it was basically the same stuff every week. And mm-hmm. it's just, that's not fun to listen to. Right. And so, uh, you know, so we decided to keep that same angle, but maybe start talking more in depth about businesses locally.
3: And so through the years, we've talked to a lot of business owners. Well, it also took us, a, it took us a little while to be established enough. To be able to start asking businesses.
1: Right. To be able to say we've been doing this for X amount of years or or a year or
0: five years. Well,
1: and and I'm not sure how Jess invited people, but when I invite them, I tend to send our link and say, go check out a couple of episodes. Just, just pick a couple recent ones, listen, see how, um, the format goes. See how our style goes. Um, it's very informal, and I make sure I try and tell people that. Um, I let them know that it's in a home studio. But we have progressed from the snowball to, <laughs> and and if you guys follow us on social media, you've seen some pictures of it. Um, it it really is primarily what we use the space for now. Is um is the podcast. So we have some storage behind the spaceship behind me, which is you know, for our kitchen and stuff. Cause we have a small kitchen and then like, there's a closet that has some storage in it, but essentially Chris and I don't come in here unless we're podcasting or running in here to get something out of storage. So it's, it's been nice because now we can leave the microphones up. Chris can have the nicer board with,
0: Yeah, we have a, we levels. have a really good mixer board now that's got, you know, 12 independent channels, eight of which are powered directly. Um, you know, we can we can actually run, you know, one of the things that we struggled with a lot of the time was when we wanted to, like, look something up and have the audio play that we could hear right to the listeners. And now we have a board that allows us to do that kind of pass through audio without wrecking the soundtrack. Um you know, and we still have the other board. We still use the other board primarily when we travel, but it makes it so, you know, was it last year or two years ago? We we put the table in. Jeremy right. built the table and yep. the cabling was a huge deal. Like having to pull down cables and put them back up every time we left the studio was really rough. So we made an investment. We bought enough stuff so that it's duplicated. You know, the mics are the only thing, right. mics and headphones are the only things that come out of the studio when we go somewhere. Yep. Well, we,
3: we couldn't find a table. We'd looked. Well, I we mean, looked. Everything.
1: We probably could have found something that would have worked and it would have been fine. But, um, Jeremy had built his, his furniture for his office. And so this isn't his fancy. Um, but, but along those lines, like we got to measure it, decide the size.
0: When well, it comfortably fits six people plus a mixer plus a computer where we all have notes you know, places to set our drink. It fits in the room perfectly, like everything about it. And, you know, we've got nice chairs for our guests. They're not just sitting on card chairs anymore, card table chairs. So, um, it's definitely evolved. Yeah, for sure. it's gotten a lot better. Um, and, and that's just, that's just our dedication. That's our time. You know, we, uh, um, it's what we like to do. So we, we spend some money on it. Um, we've never done any kind of you know, donations and, and funding Well, no, that's not true. We did it once, right? We did a donation drive once for equipment, for equipment updates.
1: We, <laughs> it our, was nice because I was really surprised at how many people gave us money to be able to do some of the stuff that we were able to do.
0: Yeah. That's what drove, uh, getting the new board and some more mics and stuff. So, uh, which that's the stuff nicer helps.
1: stands, these stands. I love these stands at uh, the ones that we use or on location. They're fine. But the weight of these it really changes your ability to move around the microphone. It doesn't make so many noises. Yeah, like it's,
0: even even now like I'm moving it up and down, you can't really hear that feedback which you used to be able to hear no matter
1: what. And when we're when we're on location you guys can hear when we're moving stuff like that around and
3: In our padded table, you can't hear. Yeah.
1: You know, like you can still hear stuff, but Boy, when we had that plastic one with nothing, like everything. everything, a paper sliding across the table made an echo. And anyway, it's it's kind of nice. And, and I think our equipment doesn't get trashed as much because we're not unplugging it and plugging it in so often.
0: Yeah, that is what's really rough on cables and stuff is the in and out. Uh, and we, I mean... W- We don't talk about this much. When we were in the office, we literally, I I set stuff up and tore it down every single week.
1: We actually had to take apart the chair that's in there because he has a great big overstuffed recliner in there. We'd had to take that apart, bring it in here, which is this used to be a storage room and we'd bring it in here. Put some tables in my office to extend the space. And the chairs. And then like whoever was at the back by Chris, like you were, that's where you were. You were, you were back there. <laughs> don't try to
0: get up and move around. It's not going to happen. So, And
1: it got, I mean, it does not that it doesn't get stuffy in here, because I know you guys get hot, even though I never do. But, but that, yeah, being in that office. And was, eventually, yeah. I promise, as my painting project goes along, I will get the fan that we have up well, in yeah, here, we'll so you guys can have some more motion.
0: We'll have to see how the fan works, if it's too loud or not. I don't think on. it'll
1: be loud. I think it'll be fine. So anyway,
0: thanks for listening for five years and we're going to keep doing this. I don't think we really have a, an end in sight. Um, you know, we're going to keep trudging along. We really enjoy doing the show. We really enjoy the
1: guests that we have. Um, if you guys have ideas for a guest or somebody that you want to hear on or an idea of a topic that we could maybe find a guest for, you can always send those ideas to us. Um, and then maybe we can start reaching out to the community because, um, You know, Jess was a definitely a social butterfly and she was out there all the time, um, meeting new people and seeing new people. And with COVID, um, it's been a little bit harder for us to kind of do some of that networking and get out there. So Jeremy and Julie have been really working at it. Um, not me. I'm lazy. (laughs) You do all the, (laughs) I, I actually got one of a guest, which I, I don't do. I, That's not my thing. Even though she's doing
0: all her booking now.
1: I do all the booking, which is just right up my alley. That's what I do. It's what I like. So hopefully you guys are liking the new guests, the new styles, but yeah, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Give us ideas.
0: Yeah, You can, you can email us at the new Utah dot. uh, No, just the new Utah at
1: gmail.com. Yes. I, I monitor that all the time. It's the email that we use for the podcast. Um, So you'll, if you know, I, I look at it almost every day. Every once in a while, I don't. And sometimes on the weekends, I'm not as vigilant. But, um,
0: you can also reach out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the Grams and the Twitters are Jeremy and, Julia do most Jeremy of does
1: Twitter. Julia does Instagram. Chris does Facebook. Sort of.
0: I'm lazy. Facebook's really... I'm lazy, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I update the posts uh, on the during the show episodes, but I think Julia does more. But if you were to... Too.
1: If you were to like a message or whatever, I think we all have... acts. I've seen yeah, messages I see come through up. before. Um, Jess just, just usually handled it, so I didn't super pay attention to it. But um, if you message us on Facebook, um, I can definitely get back to you and... Um, communicate with you there, but yeah, reach out to us. Communicate with us. Maybe it'll change the format.
0: Well, for this episode, we're uh, excited to have with us uh, uh, Jeremy Pew Pew. Uh, Jeremy Pew <laughs> Pew. Pew. <It's>, uh, <laughs> I was just—I I always mess up names, and I'm, I was kind of making fun before uh, you hopped on with us, Jeremy. Uh, and I'm like, is it Jeremy? Pug or paku or poo, right. <laughs> and you said no. I've lived
2: with it my whole I've lived with my whole life, Chris. So you know, so pew pew's fine. <laughs> I,
0: I just think it's uh, easy to remember pronunciation pew. Yeah.
1: I just looked at it and saw pew. I didn't
0: actually think Look, of another pronunciation. This is the guy that's called Steve Josh before. And Dave
2: Josh, <laughs> and Dave Steve.
0: I'm not like names are not my forte. Um. It's uh, like even around the well, office, like we have new people Welsh come
2: name. in. it's got like the G and the H together, which confounds many people. You know, I get confounded by A's and E's together. I cannot spell Michael every time I try. To spell <laughs> wow. Well, just,
1: Jeremy, our Jeremy and Chris both they have their middle name is Michael, so they can they can help you spell. That's one that. word we can spell.
0: Yeah. However, can I tell you? Until I was about twelve years old, I spelled my middle name Michelle. Because I did not know how to spell the word Michael, even though it was my name, because I never had to spell it. <laughs> so I'm with you. I'm with you, Mr. Pew. Yeah. Uh, hey. I,
2: I, know, I know how to spell it. I Just every time it confronts me, I'm like, may I, <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
0: I have certain words like that, too. So one that I finally have overcome, like my, my misspelling of uh, I used to spell. So definitely I always spelled defiantly. That's which is a very just, different oh, word. And really I spelled true. it that way all the time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't catch it in spell check.
2: Well, because defiantly no, is but a word. No, you spelled it right. You spelled the other word right. Yeah,
0: And it took me, I would say probably like two and a half years of like incredibly conscious, like making sure it's the right word before I got Because I screwed it up all the time. In so all you, were, kinds of you, were, you were
2: writing... Uh... Definitely when you meant defiantly, which is a whole different sentence. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it was ridiculous. So I'm coming at you very definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: coming at you very definitely.
0: Sense, so. Yeah. <laughs> kind of? I said, we had a thing pass around our office the other day. Um, it was a, a little, I like a blog post or something about um, be careful how you say things in your emails. And it was basically like all the passive aggressive shit that people put in emails nowadays, like. Uh, just
1: to be clear. <laughs> As in per my previous email. Yeah.
2: No worries if not.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah, if, I'm, I'm currently on fire and I need to maybe take the rest of the afternoon off, but no worries if not. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: it's okay if my dire situation isn't good enough for you. <laughs>
3: right.
0: Um, so, uh, first question we really like to ask all our guests, Jeremy, is what month were you born?
2: Oh. I was born in March so I'm in, I, and I'm an Aries I'm on the cusp June if you want to get into Zoe.
0: So your parents were having sex right about now then
2: I would imagine. I would imagine I was. Sir. I was. Uh, I was a twinkle in my daddy's eye at that point. Yeah. Was it, was it
0: like a music festival romance? Yeah, what was going on with. in June? Just
2: oh, I'm know. old, Chris. This goes back to the '70s. This might have involved the Vietnam Woodstock? War or something. Woodstock. Yeah. So. Hey,
1: don't. We were born in the '70s. There's no Woodstock here. Dude.
3: Could have been a Barry Manilow concert.
2: That <laughs> no, was very so. 70s. Right to the Manilow. I don't, think Jeremy.
1: Neil Diamond.
0: Your
3: parents got a birthday or anniversary. I don't. I don't know. We just liked it It was early enough in the seventies. Elvis was still around. Could have been an Elvis concert. Yeah, those weren't yeah. the good. Elvis I don't days.
2: think he was doing concerts <laughs> at that point. All I. You know, my parents. You know, I know Nixon was in the White House, and they didn't like Nixon. That was that was the family brand, basically. Celebration
0: of his resignation.
2: <laughs> yeah. Water. I grew up with all that stuff, so.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um. So, like, where did you? Uh, where were you born?
2: Uh, speaking. I was that? born in Pocatello, Idaho. Oh, so was I. Oh well. Did you, Jeremy, surprised you we Jeremy, I'm surprised we haven't met. Uh. Uh. And then I, 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 spent my younger, I call them, kind of Huck Finn years in Idaho Falls, and I moved to the great state of Utah when I was in the fifth grade, and. That was a little culture shock, uh, but, uh, you know, here I still am, so.
3: So what did you move to uh, in the fifth grade? Where, where? What part of Salt Lake? We moved
2: to Bountiful, Bountiful, Utah, Bountiful. from Idaho Falls, Idaho, where we, we, in Idaho Falls, Idaho, we used to, you know, there's a dead cow in the canal. That was like a big day. <laughs> and then I moved to Battlefield Utah where people wore uh, like some sort of fashion there was uh, eyes odds and uh-huh. and and, uh, and 501 shrink to fit specifically was a very big but I was wearing tough skins with my zipper down peck of my nose so. Come on
0: man you act like Idaho Falls is small it's like 60,000 people up there
2: I know but when I was a kid it was it was it was I mean it's it's a very rural community I mean my Uncle had a farm outside of Idaho in Shelley. Uh, you know, that's where I learned how all the babies are made and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, and drank like the weird milk, you know, that's like real milk,
3: not pasteurized. Uh, yeah, I
2: think in 1976, Idaho Falls was a little different place. So I moved. I moved to Utah when I it was probably like 1982, 1980. So. Things were a little different, and, and Idaho Falls is, is a great, beautiful place. I don't mean to disparage it. At all. I've got a great childhood there. So,
0: yeah, I've been there. I've been there a uh, uh, few times. So did speech and debate there for a few different tournaments. I've, we, I've been there many a time. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy grew up out there too. So, there's a place up there, and I don't know if it's. It might be by closer to Twin Falls, and I can't remember the exact name of it. It's. It's like. Hidden falls or I can't remember the name, but it's basically like there's a, there's a fishery right by it, but it's like a sheer uh, cliff side, essentially like a face of a cliff and an underground river is bursting out on the, on the like side of this cliff face.
2: Yeah. So you're talking twin falls. Yeah. So that might be a little, that's up in the sort of the beginning of the pan. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a. (laughs) It's a different yeah I do we were fancy in I Falls and Pocatello Twin Falls was a little rough in fact when I was, <laughs> Twin
3: Falls is still a little Twin rough. Falls was Hicktown
2: Yeah well one of the well, I, I used to work at newspapers and I covered a story about there's a amateur boxing match in Twin Falls Idaho that's a <laughs> uh, it's called the Cowboy Smoker and uh, so I went up to Twin Falls and it's a it's a it's a there's a college of Southeastern Idaho CSI uh, and then, uh, the, 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 whatever the school is in Dillon, Montana, and they have rodeo clubs and they do a fundraiser called the Cowboy Smoker in Twin Falls, Idaho that, well, it has to be seen to be believed, really. <laughs> it's, it's quite amazing, but it's rough.
3: <laughs> yeah. They have the big bridge. That's what I know about Twin Falls. So did you ever go to the, I can't blank on the name of it. it it's the hamburger place that has the five pound hamburger in idaho falls no uh, no it's i think in it's closer idaho, to burley and i am, honest with now
2: you. now you're probably dating me because i mean i guess when i was a kid we dreamed of a five pound hamburger we just
3: thought <laughs> used to do those no it's a local ma and pa place and they've been on a couple we just, of the we
2: just had one pound hamburgers back then you know it was inflation carter was in the white house we didn't we didn't know <laughs>
3: So they have the five-pound hamburger and the fries, and if you—it's one of those—if you eat the whole thing, you get it free. Uh, and like maybe get, one person ever. Fat Jed is the only one that's ever actually finished it. Usually, it's the skinny t-shirt. people that yeah. do it.
2: Yeah, like a, I like a good dare restaurant, actually. So.
0: So you—you you grew up here. Uh, you spent a lot of time here in the Salt Lake area in Bountiful. Um, oh, yeah. Did you go to college here? Or did you leave the state?
2: No. Um, I went to uh, the University of Utah for uh, uh, a year, uh, and then my girlfriend and I broke up, and uh, my sister had gone up to Utah State, so I went to Utah State. I'm a, I'm a proud Utah State grad. Well semi-proud Utah State graduate
0: <laughs> <laughs> he jumped off that proud real fast
2: <laughs> uh, no I mean it was a great college experience and and that was that was you know the, the I you know I, so I'm a Utah kid basically is the the point of that
0: that's too close to Idaho for comfort
2: really oh it's really close I mean, you go up to pressing go up to La Tienda on Sundays to get beer although now they serve beer on Sunday they'll sell beer on Sundays in in yeah. Love. So, and
3: you get better beer in Logan nowadays. So too. my uncle's family used to run Lava Hot Springs.
2: Oh, I love Lava Hot Springs, mother! <laughs> you. Oh, yeah, that's they a had, that's a fun they, time.
3: They have the hot springs and, the, and and the really super trashy pool next to it, and then across the street they had the nicer pool. You know that yeah, that nice pool was awesome. The oh. nice pool, is like the trashy pool, but they, and then they had the they had the bigger hot springs pond, and then the smaller one but they were both on the sun
2: you know Jeremy I've written over the years a lot about Lava Hot Springs um, I really I really have and and kind of really explored that community and that the state park which is the Idaho state park that's the best water but everybody in that town is talking about the water like who's got the best water the hot water you know mm-hmm. and there's been and and uh I came across this. There's a so this lava, what is lava now, used to be a gathering space for uh the the Shoshone and the Bannock and mm-hmm. as a as a peace uh treaty site. You know, take a soak, have a schwitz, let's talk, you know. And, talk. Um, <laughs> let's Don't talk to tell the native population. And and you know, of course things You know, didn't work out for that, and lava has apparently a curse on it, Uh, an ancient Native American curse, uh, because this was a sacred space for them, and it was that this town will never prosper. So well, there's
3: a lot that could be said for that curse. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like lava. This could be you know, but then, oh, but I love that it's kind of it's that it's it sort of remains janky. I guess would be the term janky. That's huh? a good term. It's like going back into the 50s,
0: like literally.
2: Right.
3: Well,
0: it's right. like it's like any of the towns in the Midwest that have like that one thing that people stop off to see, like. The biggest ball of yarn or the like the, the biggest frying pan or some stupid shit like that it's kind right. of the same thing like people go up there they're like yeah i want to go up to lava hot springs for the weekend and everyone's like oh that's a great idea and then when you get there you're like eh, I don't, like hey, i hey, come up for four hours and
2: don't okay. disparage lava it, it's it's great you know you go up there you run the port into the mighty port enough
3: the
2: mighty Portneuf River. Uh, <laughs> you get a soak. I always, I always go to the state park. The the springs are fantastic there. Um, I don't know. I mean, you I... Stay, I just, you ever stay I in the hotels it in lava? In its goofy way.
0: You ever stay in those little boutique hotels in lava that have their own hot springs in the basements?
2: No, I have. Well, yes, I know that's Dukes.
0: You have but, not uh, lived. You have not lived <laughs> until those you've are, been. to Those one are of
2: those. gnarly though. Like they're they're, so bad. it's like grotto. It's like it's like Hugh Hefner's grotto, kind you of. I Feel like yeah.
0: you're in like an ancient Greek bath. You're waiting for Freddy to come out of the. But summer, like
2: with mold and probably yeah, oh, it's like the come. end.
3: Like it's all slimy inside the walls and. Well, and it's because. It, as a kid, I just thought it was dirty and gross. But as I got older and it was kind of explained to me, there's a lot of minerals yeah. in that water, so it just it just destroys. <laughs> I everything. thought you
2: were going to say, as an adult, I realized I actually <laughs> knew it was dirty and gross.
3: <laughs> All the old people. There's like two places to eat in
0: town, and they both close at six. I
2: don't know, is- man. We're going up to lava this summer. It's you know with some friends. It's uh, it's you know it's a it's it's cool.
0: Eight That's hours cool. in, tell me what you think. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> it, I like lava. I like going France up there. Every, now, so. on our
2: basis of shared Idaho like lore, basically. So.
3: So now I need to move on to Utah because this is the new Utah, not the new Idaho podcast. Whatever you say. So how'd you get? How'd you get into writing, Jeremy? I mean, you you go from um, Utah State. Did you did you major in like communications or journalism or English? Please tell me that you uh, majored in animal husbandry
2: Yeah, I was an animal husbandryist. I guess is the term. Um no, I I I mean I I uh I started communications at the University of Utah and then I had a girlfriend's roommate who was like English lit, it's the same thing, you can learn how to write and the books are better. So, <laughs> I nice. became an English lit major uh, so I'm not a straight comms major, but uh, I got into journalism and writing uh, uh, because I worked at the Utah Statesman, the, the student newspaper. That was that was uh, kind of my deal, and uh, and so in college I was the features editor for the Utah Statesman, and and it was it was great. And then after college, I my parents were like, "Get off our couch," and I blocked <laughs> my one job. Uh, in St. George at the Spectrum. Uh, oh, the Spectrum. There. Yeah. So, uh, and I started out on the copy desk and then uh, got into actual, rep- not, I mean, copy desk isn't this. that's not a disparaging thing for people who work at the copy desk, but the copy desk are the people that put together, they're the Keebler elves that put together a daily newspaper. <laughs> and, And I got into uh, reporting and really gravitated towards feature writing, which in newspaper land is what I would call magazine-style journalism. And then uh, eventually uh, found my way to Salt Lake Magazine way back in 2006. Um, And, I mean, that's just been kind of going on. Fifteen
0: years with that magazine. That's a long
2: time. I know. I know. So... (laughs) And I've been in and out of it. It's like I think I'm on my third tour of duty. Actually,
0: <laughs> yeah. so. well, I mean journalism uh, journalism jobs uh, have they've really changed quite dramatically over the last really like ten years. Uh, I think hardcore with uh, with a move away from. You know, magazines in general. Uh, in terms
2: hey, 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 hey! We're not moving away from
0: magazines, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and definitely the move away from from traditional print newspapers. So I think yeah. magazines, as a whole, still have a little bit of an edge, just because they you know, their readership. Magazines, for the most part, tended to jump into the internet uh, a lot quicker than newspapers did. Uh, the the traditional newspaper print ad, uh, print advertising revenue went away and most of the big newspapers did not figure out how to monetize an online readership
2: uh, oh, and so- Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy I loved it <laughs> I was a I was, a, I was a, a, a arts editor at a newspaper in the 90s so yeah and and we're still trying to solve that riddle but that is a different conversation and we could delve really deep into it but, but 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 magazines like what magazines I think have that is that a daily newspaper doesn't have is gravitas um, there's a, a I, I guess for lack of a better term sexiness to them um and we also write differently than a newspaper writer I was a newspaper writer for for first half of my career and um and and I think we get to do different things. We have design and art and pretty pictures and pretty paper and all that stuff. And of course we're, you know, giving it our college try on the, the web stuff, but um I think there's a there is there is a lingering affection for magazines that I'm happy to be a part of. Uh, all that sort of led, all that sort of led to you know my publisher asking me to write a book about Salt Lake City uh, five years ago, hundred things to do in Salt Lake City uh, before you die, which is an increasingly not good title.
0: Uh, the pandemic.
2: Uh, it's very you know it's like well that was funny two years ago, but um, now it's like well. And then we started work. uh, Mary and I started work on this book like three years ago because they do. So, my publisher's out of St. Louis. They do these books, they're a little bit of a template, uh, and they find like sucker writers like me and Mary to like write them. But um, this particular book, Secret Salt Lake City, uh, was a lot more fun than the first one. And I don't mean the first one sucks. I just mean, it's really more of a, like, go here, do this, see this, you know, really the kind of a lot of stuff we do at the magazine, like eat here, drink here, do whatever. And this had a lot more uh, context. And I think that we're in a, first of all, we've got lots of folks moving to Utah. Um, I don't see. Or, we're in a, yeah, I know, right? And, and also, we're in a place where context and place matters. I mean, not that it didn't. But uh, I, throughout the years, I've written a lot of – and I'm not a historian at all, by any means. I'm not an academic historian. I mean, half my book is, like, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I kind of think of myself as the Henny Youngman uh, of, of Utah history. Uh, take my wives, please. I'm still working on that joke. I, I, it hasn't quite <laughs> Um, but, uh, but I, I've dealt on and off with this, uh, with Robert Kirby, who's a he wouldn't call himself a historian. He's a trib columnist for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he says, you know, you look out in that field and if you knew what happened there 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, uh, a thousand years ago, um, it changes the way you look at the world. And I've always really loved that, and so I, I hope this book, Secrets Salt Lake City, is a uh, just like another like hidden level of the city that people have moved to or lived here all their lives. Um, I mean I, like these aren't secrets, really. There are things, if you grew up here, you're like, oh, yeah, that. But did you know the backstory? And so Mary and I got a chance to, like, you know, Wikipedia. No, for reals. We actually did some <laughs> research. Uh, like, explore, like, what is the deal with the Masonic symbols on the temple? Like, what, you know, not the deal that you know or you think you know. Like, actually, what is the deal? So um, it's a cool book, and I'm 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 pretty proud of it because it's probably the height of 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 any sort of actual historical research I will ever do because so, I don't want to do that anymore. Go ahead, sorry guys.
0: No, you're you're <laughs> all right. So what actually drove? So I mean, the first book, the the hundred things to do in Salt Lake City before you die, like you said, that was really publisher driven. You know, five years ago they said. Write what you write in this magazine and this other format so we can sell a book. But this one was was really a collaboration with you and Mary. How did you two come together and say, we want to do something that, that actually is not just a, you know, go eat at this place type of uh, a publication?
2: Well, um, I guess how we came together is we we worked together for, you know, all these years. And I raised a white flag. <laughs> Basically, because I had started it on my own um, and gone through multiple deadlines, you know, I always love Douglas Adams' quote: "Like I love the sound of deadlines whooshing by." <laughs> right? uh, and 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 finally, got down to it, and I said, "Mary, can you help me with this book?" And then it really got kicked into gear. Um, and, and and yes, uh, the the secret. Like my publisher does these secret books elsewhere, but I was, well, because Utah's, well, it's prone to secrets. (laughs) It has an an aptitude for secrets. And so they, you know, and so when we, I, I, they had started one book and I said, I think we could write one about Salt Lake City. And this was about three years ago. and, And they were like, go. And so I'm still, we're like, And I, and then of course I flailed and Mary came to the rescue and, um, and you know, as much as anything that you sit and write and, and obsess about, um, this was definitely like a labor of love. It was fun to like, A, actually answer our own questions about why is that a thing? And then B to like, put it all together in one compilation, if you will. It's like your greatest hits of like Utah weirdness. So what's, so.
3: what's, what's an example? What's something that you covered that, that you can tell us about?
2: Well, here's one that I like, it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's a little boring, but it's such <laughs> a great way to start a sentence. Um, um, the, uh, so on the tram deck at Snowbird, Mm -hmm. Which, you know, many of us have been to We've gone skiing there We've gone up to Oktoberfest or events There is a giant rock Yeah That you would just walk by Right? And you would be like, what's this rock? And it's actually a piece of the It's a chunk of the Matterhorn From Switzerland
3: Oh, Uh, that's cool
2: Right Like well, thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> it's, it, you know that's the thing. That's you know that again. It's kind of a, it's like a rock. That's a boring example, but it it uh, it exemplifies kind of what I'm trying. It's like you walk by something every day. You think you know about something. You think you know everything, and then you go, oh. So in the nineteen early nineteen seventies, nineteen seventy one and seventy, Ted Johnson and Dick Bass were like. We're going to do the ski resort, and so they traveled around the world and they met with the mayor of Zermatt, Switzerland, and made Snowbird and Zermatt sister cities. Now Snowbird's not really a city, right? But mm-hmm. at the sort of grand opening in the in the, the December of 1971, they had a, like a, a bunch of Swiss people came. And the mayor of Zermatt, uh, I guess I don't know if he yodelay he hewed himself up the mountain, <laughs> uh, chipped off a, a chunk of the. But they presented the the mayor of Snowbird. I'm doing air quotes mayor uh, <laughs> uh, uh, with a with a chunk, and it just it sort of sits there, and you just like walk by it and go. Oh. You know, a
0: big rock like we you just think like, oh, they must have kind of built around this thing a little bit. But.
2: Right. And there's a little plaque on it. But it's you know, you would have missed it if you hadn't like, oh, that's that's an actual piece of the Metauron. I'm not sure what the environmental laws were in 1971. About <laughs> Probably weren't any. Exporting a piece of of a, of a famous yeah. mountain. They were yeah. still
0: discovering that when you dump polluted materials into rivers and streams, it kills people.
2: What right.
3: when we dump into Utah Lake, <laughs> it's going to cause problems. So,
2: so I know Utah Lake. Okay, sorry. We that could be. So here. now see,
3: I find that very fascinating. I don't think that's boring at all. I think that's super cool. Well, and like the cover of the book,
0: you know, you have something that that we know very well, which is the the Joseph Smith Sphinx from Gilgal right. Gardens, and Gilgal Gardens is one of those places in Utah. And I don't. I think I went through the hundred things in your other book, and I didn't see it. That's that's a unique thing to Salt Lake City that's just, like, weird and obscure and really hidden, and you'd never know what's there without knowing.
2: Right. You know, and, you know, I guess I kind of, when I'm talking to people, it's like secrets hiding in plain sight, you know? Um, and Gilgal's, I mean, honestly, it is kind of the poster child for this book. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, was I
3: trippy, grew weird up here things.
2: in the 80s and we used to have to break into the Gilgal Garden, you know, like it was like it was behind the Wonder Bread factory. And we would, you know, we would like climb a fence and get in there and be like, whoa. And, I'm you know, it's so great that that place has been preserved. So that. Uh, Gilgau is now a park, and it was going to be turned into, you know, multi-use mixed development like we're doing everywhere. Uh, and Thomas Battersea, who was the uh, the creator of all those things, was—I mean, he was. I mean, he was a Mormon in the 50s and 60s, you know, when he was alive. And he was like an insurance salesman, basically. He was just a -a workaday guy, but he was a stonemason. Um, And he, uh, you know, after work, he would get these big blocks of stone and (laughs) carve this amazing outsider art. I mean, it really is outsider art. I mean, it has a super uh, LDS kind of scripture and biblical vibe to it definitely but i love the idea of this man just making these things that inspired him
3: can you like, imagine being his neighbor it, here it is the 50s you walk next door with a beard, and you're like hey buddy what you working on and there's this big sphinx with joseph smith's head on it you'd be like what the right. hell?
2: Just, power tools and jackhammers and things to carve that stuff, but it, it, you know, I'm so glad that little that little slice of you know, again outsider art. You know, he wasn't sanctioned by the. You know, it's 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 weird. It's a weird place, and, <laughs> and then I'm I'm also glad that it exists, and they didn't like pave it over or whatever, like.
3: Crazy thing is it's like downtown. I mean it's yeah. like right there, but like you said, if you don't know where it is, you're never gonna find it.
2: Right. And it really is a poster child kind of for the book. Like it's like
3: the it's like the summum temple. Yeah, the summum temple the right
2: period. You know, like let's let's bring out the the hits, you know, like summum temple, gilgal garden, you know, like the weird stuff, you know. So
0: so how much? Because this is focused really in the Salt Lake City area in particular, right?
2: Um. Yeah, primarily. Uh, we did venture a little further afield. Uh, the other book's a little further afield, but they they you know the alliteration of uh, secret Salt Lake City is like too hard to resist. Basically, yes, yeah,
0: so, of course, of course.
2: Um. So there's, you know, I mean, there's stuff down south, and and that's the thing about writing a book like this, Jeremy, is like, people are like, well, did you hear about, did you hear about, you know, and you're like, well, you know, like, We gotta finish the book at some point. So, so how
0: how many different things did you put in there? Like, are we is there two hundred secrets? Is it like fifty really in depth? I mean, it's about
2: eighty five, and they're 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 fairly fairly in depth. I guess I would describe it. Again, being the Henny Youngman of Utah history, they're fairly in depth, and uh, they're mostly true. I swear, they're mostly true. Yeah, so uh, there's eighty five of them, and. Um, and some of them are outside the city. Um, you know, certainly we've got, you know, the spiral, you know, you kind of want to play the hits, right? The spiral Jetty, the, the sun tunnels. Um,
3: oh, that's you, another one a lot of people don't know about. That was the pretty cool. Tunnels. I remember in college, which by the way, I went to the U as well. I remember talking about those in my architecture class in college.
2: Right. And they're, they're weird. Well, they're, they're kind of an important little piece of what, you know, land art. Mm-hmm. But if you drove out to see them, unless you were at a solstice or some other celestial event, it, it's kind of like they wah-wah. just look
0: like old like water pipes. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're like culverts. yeah, like concrete culverts that have yeah. been shot to crap by people with guns. So, uh, but they are you know I have seen them on the solstice and um, and I've seen them, and then they're also designed. Not just for like the big equinox and solstice that you know, the you know, the the big show. Um they're designed for celestial events all throughout. So, you know, it's kinda you know, it, it's a little bit of a practical joke by the artist, I think. It's like, well, here's these concrete tubes in the desert.
0: It's Utah's Easter Island.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, nice Jeremy, good one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, and this
0: book's this book's brand new i mean i'm I'm sure most people probably even haven't heard about it. You guys just released it what like a week and a half ago,
2: yeah, may fifteenth it finally it finally came to fruition uh so so we're trotting it around. I'm so glad to be on your show and talking about it. I mean, and we're
3: happy to have you so by the way, our last episode of the month uh the last three years the last Week of the month, we, we always do something. This year, we're doing unique Utah. we historically significant Utah. So this, th- this little interview, like, falls right into it because these things are some historically and some are just plain unique, but, the, but I they're definitely part of Utah. <laughs> well,
0: Jeremy, I know you've got some events coming up, too, to, to you know, some signings and other things that you're doing. Uh, did you want to tell anyone about those?
2: Oh, yeah. So on June 3rd, I'll be at Ken Sanders. Uh, plays this near and dear to my heart. Uh, Ken's in the book as a secret of Salt Lake himself. Uh, he was very good friends with Mary, and, and uh, he's kind of a cat, man. He's in the uh, – so I'm doing a I – do, I have a little uh, dog and pony show that uh, – so I'm going to do a lecture and signing. Lectures yes. too stern a word <laughs> uh you know a little razzle dazzle and then on uh, the king's english uh got a permit on saturday the 5th to do a like a kind of street fair up there so i'm going to be out there uh not doing my razzle dazzle but just hanging out and uh, you know the king's english is kind of opening it up a little bit and they're they're great supporters and ken's is great supporters so i like to direct people to them, and then I'll I'll be doing a, a, a signing and a, and a, and a presentation out of the, paint, the printed garden. I always want to call it the painted garden uh, out in Sandy on July 9th. And I uh, might be doing something with Leonardo, but anyway. So um, I'd love if people came and, you know, checked it out. And, you know, signatures are free, man. So...
0: Are you still writing for Salt Lake Magazine, too?
2: Yeah, I am the uh, uh, editor and uh, executive at whatever, the, the, the editor at Salt Lake Magazine.
0: You're the big so. guy. Salt Lake no, I'm not
2: big guy. It's <laughs> a very small operation. You can only be so big.
3: We so. plagiarize your stuff all the time on this show. Hey, it's not plagiarizing. <laughs> we borrow <It's>, it. <laughs> we utilize source material, but we don't, we don't plagiarize. <laughs> yeah. We use the content.
2: We never plagiarize. We just steal it. We just try <laughs> <it. Like, laughs> That's
3: the better way to put it. We just steal it. Well, I know we've talked about that many times. We've used pieces out of 100 Things to Do in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's good stuff. I mean, it's, there's good stuff in there.
2: Well, I don't think it's funny. You know, uh, I, I like to l- write the English language with um, – Pizzazz, I guess you'd say. Uh, it's, that's an old Steve Martin joke, but it's one of my favorites. Pizzazz. <laughs> <Pizazz. laughs> um, so th- you know, when I tell people this isn't like a an academic history book or anything, you know, I mean, there was research, but it's you know, it's a little tongue in cheek, and and uh, you know, we have a whole. Uh, article about the what we call space Jesus at the space
3: Jesus, the temple Jesus. We <laughs> all know space yes. Jesus,
2: right? Yeah, like, and it's it, but that's a legit, you know, it's like Thorvald. There, I mean, there was a sculptor behind all that and stuff, but we just know it as space Jesus, that's yep. so right. That's all how
3: we know it as space Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's an, that's another one that's near and dear to all, all of our hearts. We've been talking about Space Jesus. We've been so talking years. about can you sneak in there and do selfies during Christmas time with Space Jesus or are they gonna kick you out?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I or think sp- they would like to be grammable. Grammable. You would think so. You like like think that's so the most crazy. that's one of the most grammable things at Temple Square. Like you should you y'all should get on that. Yeah.
0: I know that they're into the grams quite as much, though. They're
2: not really doing the grams.
0: They don't. They don't like the grams going on. They're pretty. Uh, they they really don't like it when people take cameras into the temple. <laughs> <laughs> they really frown upon that. You can find them if you want to go out on YouTube and look at what goes on. That's not in your book, is it?
2: <laughs> no, like I said, these are. Yeah, they're not secret secrets.
0: It's not like inside the Masonic temple, like you know, ceremonies. That's a different book
2: <laughs> that's a different book, and it's a book that, like many, many other people have written and uh I don't wanna write that book. I just wanna write a guide book that shows people like, oh, here's all this weird stuff in your city instead of uh you know like this is a good way to like learn where you learn more about where you love, where you yeah. live, where you live, love
0: oh. Well, so we got one last question for you, uh, and then we'll let you. Know. Oh, this has
2: been so fun! I would keep talking. I could tell you all sorts of stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this this you're like the perfect person based on the stuff that you've been writing, you know, for years. Um, you know, we we ask every guest that's on the show this: um, what is the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all your time here? Hmm. Hmm. You've, you've got to pick a favorite. You're just the perfect.
2: It can't be it generic now. like
1: everybody they'd else be is. Like,
2: they'd be like, pick a color. And I'm like, well, there's 64. How am I supposed to pick a color? Like, that was a lot of pressure. Um, oh, I did the snowbird thing. I should have been prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. Interesting thing in Utah that I, that I love. You know, honestly, it's it's Trent Harris. Um, so Trent Harris is a is a filmmaker of I think undersung renown who who made a movie called Reuben and Ed uh, that strangely when I was a much younger man I went and saw the premiere of and I've <clears throat> since come to know Trent in fact that cat on the cover is the cat from Reuben and Ed. And it's just such a, like, I feel like it's, like, required reading for anyone who lives in Utah. Uh, it's this movie about a couple of fellers that, and it's got, air quotes, names of the time. Crispin Glover and Howard Hessman, who you might know as W.K.R.P.N. Cincinnati's uh, Dr. Johnny Fever. Um, and they... Uh, for various reasons, end up trying to go out to the desert to bury a cat. <laughs> and it's a fantastic movie. And and I, anyway, so that is one of my favorite Utah things. And Crispin Glover's and Howard Hesman's handprints and footprints are enshrined outside the tower in the parking, the tower theater.
3: Oh, really? So I did not know that. See more cool things. Just
2: walk right by and, um, it, you know, they had a, like, air quotes, big premiere here in Salt Lake. And for some reason, my high school friend and I, Jane Ashdown, were at that. And it, it left an it indelible. And it's, it's, it's been great to get to know Trent as, a you know, an actual human. So, Ruben and Ed, that's my favorite Utah thing. It, it's, it's simple, it, it summarizes so much about Utah and is the weirdest thing. And I showed it to my niece and nephew, <laughs> uh, and they and loved they like, it. And
0: okay, I was gonna say, where they like, "What the hell are you showing?"
2: <laughs> you know, they're weird kids too. So, um, but uh, yeah, like that to me. And and I snuck uh, Simon the cat onto the cover because uh, I was like, "Well, this is part of Utah." So,
0: so well, that's great. So, how do how do people get a hold of you? How do they buy your book?
2: Um. Uh, 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 100 things uh, SLC backslash square site uh, but 100 things SLC is is it, so they can buy it directly from me I, I 100% encourage people to buy it from Ken and uh, get Ken Sanders or the King's English uh, you know, Sport Local and whatnot and I guess you can get it from Bezos and his bozos but um and that's nice, I guess, but uh so and I'll be doing those signing events on the third and the fifth and july 9th And I would love if people came out and, and said hello. So
0: And you can always read Jeremy's stuff on you know, Salt Lake magazine as well, which is a fantastic place to yeah. find more Utah stuff.
2: Well I appreciate I appreciate you saying that, Jeremy. Alter ego Jeremy.
0: Well, we want to, uh, w- with our fifth year, fifth year, five year anniversary, our fifth, uh, year of, of making this show. Um, I think we did this a few years ago. I think after like our two year anniversary or maybe our three year, we, we talked about some of our favorite moments in the show. And, and, uh, I think it's appropriate to do again now at five years, 261 episodes. Um, we've had a lot of guests, a lot of guests. So, I mean, we've had, who was our very first guest? Does anyone
3: remember? Oh,
1: I wasn't on the show then.
3: I know the, uh, our comedian friend was one of the very first. The comedian from Tooele. The uh, other Chris? Yeah, the other Chris. Chris 2.0. He was one. I don't think he was our... He was not our first. first. Uh, it's Chris Tate, by the way. but uh-huh. But he was at Josh's...
0: I'm curious. I'm going to go back now. And I remember see. that
1: because then later he filled in for Chris when my grandma died, didn't he? Yeah, yeah
3: that's when he was Chris 2.0. That's when we called him Chris 2.0 because we liked him so much. And I want to say both of those were at Josh's house. So those would have been within the first,
0: let's see, Chris, couple Tate. of months. Uh, let's see when Tater was on. But Yeah, that's a good question in that very first Um episode. Whoa, that's like 250 something where we talked about him. Episode 12. Uh, was, uh, that was the episode he stood in for me. So that's, that's 2.0. That's really old. Um, I wonder, and I'm going to have to go look in the actual archives. It's tough when you get far. So I did notice too, when I was making the, um, the intro, um, back past a certain number of episodes, I don't have them stored on the laptop anymore because I lost my hard drive that one time. Mm-hmm. Now they're all backed up like regularly, uh, the actual MP3s, the, the, the actual, like, full audio files. I only keep those for a few months because they're so goddamn big. Like, that kind of storage space, I just don't got, so... Um, but, uh, yeah, so episode 12, uh, Dat Fam was one of the firsts as well. Oh, uh, yeah. we had him. Cause I just remember it was an ongoing joke for the longest time. Cause he came on the show to talk about, well, his experience is like a celebrity chef, but also he was in the process of opening up Pretty, Pretty Bird, Bird, which took another like year and a half what? to open. And I just would crack wise every time i see, we'd talk about Pretty Bird cause I'm like,
3: he's not, he's not going to open like well, i don't <laughs> cuz they had the they had the sign on the the window at Pretty Bird for like 6 7 months so they had the little the little Pretty Bird symbol coming soon but for a really long time well then when we finally did when it finally did interview, or open and we interviewed them we found out why because they had all of those technical difficulties with building and getting stuff put in and it was probably the most expensive 10 by 10 restaurant ever built
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, it it was nice though like um you know because he he uh when he told us that story we had a private dinner made for us Mm -hmm. uh which was really it's just uh kind of crazy we started out with um you know we have a great a great opening sound now uh from volk hogan who we've had on the show a couple different times um and uh Well we've only had
1: full Culkin once, but we've had We've had we've had Nick on. Right. A few and times. then we've gone to their concerts and
0: Yeah, and and uh I, I would say um we started out with Ben Sound. I remember that website. And now now when you go on to Ben Sound, their license agreement doesn't allow podcasts to use their stuff. Because <laughs> we abuse it. You can still use it in other stuff, but they changed that That's now. That's funny. Um, I'm just looking through to see who our very first guest was, because uh, I'm now up to uh, episode eight. Uh, we're still doing Kickstarters. There's no guest yet. Um, episode nine... Um, Let's see more board game crap the church uh no guest yet on 9 um interview uh kitchen 88 was the very oh, first Very, very good so kitchen 88 uh was, was he a, was that a Skype or was that a in I think that was in person in I think studio? he came in studio uh, and then we did Indie skies in episode 11. So we had oh. to, if episode 12 was Chris 2.0, we had to have had him before that uh, Travis. No, that was the first episode. Cause that was not him filling in for me. That oh. was when we interviewed him. So he was our third interview. Uh, so we had, uh, a, uh, truck 88. Is and, that what even
3: was still around?
0: Um, I don't know.
3: That's a good question. I wonder we if he's could, even uh, still around. Um, Food trucks come and go more than podcasts do, unfortunately. The restaurant business is a brutal bitch. Um, it is really difficult. Well, I know COVID really did a number
0: on a lot of them too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so when you're kitchen, a food truck, you can't afford
3: to be shut down for a month.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing is when that happened was the very beginning of the truck season. So trucks really don't operate a whole lot in the winter. You know, they have some specific stuff that they do, but they're not as busy. Usually, like, late March, early April into May is when they're really getting going. So the nice thing with trucks, even with COVID, like, once everything opened up in, like, you know, had limited seating and restaurants were trying to figure out to go. Trucks got to go down. That's what they fucking do. And so trucks uh, did not have quite the same hit. The difference is what really hurt trucks is like, especially for lunch, the truck goes and parks in front of a business oh, yeah. an office building and where all the office buildings were empty and have stayed empty, by the way, for the last year. Those lunch spots aren't quite as lucrative as they used to be. So they had to come up with some creative stuff. Um, I wonder, it looks like Kitchen 88 Eight's still around, the brick and mortar, which is, I, like, you know, if I remember right, that's what he was in the middle of trying to launch, and it looks like it is still open down there in American Fox. That's great. So that's really cool. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, um, some of our, our favorite stuff, um, that we've, um, uh, done over the years, um, guests that we've had on or something that we've talked about that we really liked. Uh, and Bree, you get to start, because I decided. <laughs>
1: uh, um, the one that, that comes to mind right off is um, Planned Parenthood. I thought that was a great one. I was super passionate about that one. I was excited when that one was coming up. Um, I, I, I'm passionate about Planned Parenthood. Um, my girls go to Planned her- Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, went to Planned Parenthood, have relied on them, um, as a source for healthcare when they've been in, in rural areas or, or just away from home and, and their lives are changing. Um, it's been a really great resource for them. And I loved having them on and loved having those frank conversations, um, being able to thank them. And that was episode
0: 158, by the way.
1: <laughs> wow. I still yeah. We still have their again. their little flyer up on our
0: just shy of two years. In fact, almost two years to the day, right? So one fifty eight would have been two years and one like one episode shy of two years.
1: I don't care it's meth.
0: <laughs> oh, it almost <laughs> sounded like you said I don't care it's meth.
1: Math. It's meth. <laughs> so um since you let me go first, uh another one of our my favorites are uh the times that we get to uh interview with Olio. Cause we've done that a couple of times and I just, I love Jen and Derek and um, we hope to have some future adventures with them as their, as their business changes and grows. But we met them um, at the farmer's market when they were going there regularly. And then they opened their brick and mortar and we interviewed them in their brick and mortar. So they, they originally came here and I, I, remember I remember Jen putting oil on our hands and, and talking about it. And, and to the, like to this day, I use their soap exclusively. I use their moisturizer exclusively. I, I love them. They've, they've changed the kind of the, the way that I take care of my skin.
0: I was a staunch opponent. Yeah. You you were up at at beard beard.
1: oil and now you use their beard oil every day. You you use a beard butter.
0: You know what? You know what I use though, that I think is probably the best product that they have is their Their
1: their body body butter.
0: butter. It is. It is transformed my scaly, disgusting skin at my elbows, your elbows, your wrists, your ankles. It has turned that into smooth, baby soft. Sometimes, sometimes my el my my left elbow for whatever reason is still like this. You know, my
1: left elbow gets like that. Fucking
0: monstrosity that I can't ever get. Uh, no matter, I could like scrub all the skin off of it. A week later, it would just be back to like. (laughs) oh look at me, I am an elbow and you can tell from three hundred yards away. Um but I'm a I'm a staunch believer in their stuff and I poo-pooed the shit out of them in that interview. Uh and I one of the things that's most memorable about that interview is finding out that they're fucking tied to
1: Dunford Bakery. Right. Which I didn't know at the time is a local Utah well, bakery. It was. Now it's been sold. Yeah, it's been sold, but, but yeah, Dunford, Dunford Chocolate is that chocolate donuts Her is probably family? my favorite
0: his. his family. His family. But um, that's just, I was like, those are the weird, unique, interesting things. But they've, things.
1: but, but they've become, I I would consider them friends. Like we've met their daughter and we've been, you know, to Derek's birthday party and, and, and though we're not like tight friends, like we are with like Jeremy, um, they're friends. And I think about them when I think about friends and they're great people and they do a lot of good for this community. They're very involved, um, and oh, so we'll really be doing... Well. Yeah, we'll be doing some more with them. Um, what's some other ones? Let's let Jeremy have a turn. Oh,
3: I think one ahead. of my favorite interviews was Bohemian. When we went to the Bohemian... Because you got to get drunk? Well... <laughs> oh shit, I got so hammered. That was, that was part of it. However, those guys were just really cool down to earth. It was really cool... Genuine. To go... To go into the back and see, see the operation and just. That have, was episode 148, by the way. Wow. That's so crazy. But those guys were just cool. And yes, there was a lot of beer, which was awesome too. But it was just such a good conversation. And, and their, their brewer guy who drank the entire time we were there and it didn't even seem to phase him. But just, I don't know. That just, that one just stands out as one of my favorite just because it was fun. Those guys were cool learning about the bohemian, how it started, how the, the mom and pop, basically the little mom and pop shop turned into what it is today. They sponsor all kinds of things. They're known all over Utah, obviously, but they've won international awards with, with Other their beers. Right, yeah. And then they have a really deep reach into the community. They're another one of those that do a lot of things for the community. Um, yeah, that one just really stood out as I think one of my all-time favorites. I think my, I think still my favorite guest that we've
0: ever had on the show, and he's been on three times. A Sim Gill. I would agree um, with that. Of, of all the people, we've had a lot of people on the show. I mean, we haven't had a guest for every episode out of 261, but I would say easily 75% of them, we've had a guest. I mean, 200 plus shows of, of guests probably. Um, and you know, Sim Gill's been three of those guests and he's still, every time I talk to him, um, I'm able to have a conversation with him. He's a really fucking busy guy and to be able to get him to come onto the show and spend, you know, you guys don't hear the, you know, we spent an hour on, on, on the show with him talking in person and probably another hour and a half talking outside of the mic with the guy. He is wicked smart. One of the smartest people I've ever talked to in, in real life. And, um, the, the, the way he thinks, the, the way he approaches, um, you know, criminal justice and, and doing his job within the bounds of the law and trying to make uh, affect positive change on the community is just um, it's astounding to me. And it's really awesome to see someone like that and be able to have conversations like we've had with them.
1: Plus, you know, you mentioned how busy he is, but when you are with Sim Gill, you never feel like he is rushing you like he is trying to do something else. Like his mind is anywhere else other than right there with you in the room on your topic. We we talked
0: to him in the middle of a campaign And, uh, you know, we got, uh, like an hour and a half of his time, 100% devoted to us and his handler was in the room and his handler was handling anything that came to his phone and Sim didn't look at his phone once. Uh, and we were right. I mean, we talked to
1: him like two days. We talked to him with Derek Kitchen.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we talked to him just a few days before, um, all that shit happened with George Floyd. Uh, he interviewed us, uh, and then... The riots that, that's probably the one Brett of my Payne. favorite things
1: is being able to tell people when I'm having conversations that Sim Gill wanted to interview us. Yeah, that he wanted to come he back He found and talk us, to us so interesting that <laughs> he wanted to interview us. I I still think that that's uh that's amazing. That's fun. It's a it's a cool thing.
3: I would say one other person that we've interviewed a couple of times is Peter. I think I was just going to say that as Peter's I looked over there. Probably we've probably talked about him More than anybody else, because there for the longest time, the joke was all roads lead to Peter. Yeah, like every conversation we had somehow went to Ireland. Well, he
1: was reach he was reaching out to us a lot as he was listening, you know, to every episode and and he was sending messages through Facebook Uh, and.
0: For a guy that for a guy that uh, is just a random dude from Ireland, that puts together like the most fucking spectacular gardens professionally um and gardens meaning like giant fucking parks basically multi million dollar like, the French like the, gardens, yeah world war 2 memorial gardens in the the palaces of France and um you know to have a guy like that just really like the content and like the show and have the kind of communication we've had that's that's a pretty special thing to you know, be connected to someone like that who, you know, in any other instance is just a listener, right? He doesn't have anything to do with and Utah. We've, we've done two special St. Patrick's Day episodes <laughs>
1: <laughs> where we've recorded at special times so that we can because he's across the pond. Yeah, he's, in yeah, he's in Ireland. He's uh, in Ireland.
0: He turned me on to Father Ted. Uh, oh uh, he's yeah, a great I love show. The Father Ted. Um, yeah, that's a that's another that's another good one. Um, what else? You guys got any others that, I that are? really I'm trying just to remember. Standout?
1: I have. We have interviews, um, that, that evoke such emotional responses with me sometimes where I get, I get choked up and, 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 and it's, it's fun to, to be able to do that because I'm, I'm a very introverted person and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reach out to people and I don't, I don't contact people. Like if, if those family members hadn't contacted me, I probably wouldn't have contacted them. Um, So to be able to be in a position where these people come to us to talk to us and I have a reason to talk to them and they, they want to be here. uh, It it feels good. And it feels like even though we might not be affecting some of the change that some of the people we've interviewed do, it feels good to be part of the community in that way.
3: I think, I think the Summum Temple is one of the most unique yes. interviews we've ever done. Well, and,
0: and, and what a, what an experience to be able to actually have a long form conversation with them. Um, and
1: see the change from the beginning. If, if you ever listen to one, to that episode, you can literally tell the difference from the beginning to the end of that episode with, um, the comfort level of their president because I think that that they're attacked so much and made fun of so much.
2: But as I listened to them, I
1: was like, wow. Like if there were any religion that I, you know, wanted to associate myself with again, like it's, it's a little weird and out there, but the basics of it, like where they're reading things about other religions and they're contemplating that, um, That's like, that's a big thing, especially in this day and age where we all seem to be with at odds with each other. And your opinion is the only opinion and, you know, don't investigate anything else. And we can go down those holes that just lead us right back around and we just circle ourselves for them to be reaching out and looking like that was cool. That's episode 184
0: in wow. case you're wondering. Are you writing these down by the way because you're putting the blog I'm up running. and you better, yes, stuff. you better reference back to each of these episodes. <laughs> I'm not looking them up for my health. It's so that we can put them you know link them back in the blog so people can go back and listen to and them. And their winery license is That's cool. Yeah. One. How awesome is that? It's the number one. Um, yeah, I mean, being able to have conversations with, um, that many unique people is, is really fun. It's really endearing. Um, and I, you know, one of my favorite things that we've been doing on the show for the last few years is our, is our monthly, you know, we, we've, we've morphed the show a bunch over the years, right? We don't do Kickstarters anymore. We don't, what we started as and what we are now are very different. And I, you know, I really like uh, being able to take uh, the some of that smaller content that is uniquely Utah, you know, infamous Utahns, famous Utahns. Um, we'll probably do Utah musicians at some point, um, you know, historically significant places and being able to give uh, the listeners a chunk, a little bit more in-depth chunk. And look, I'm not going to lie. Some of them. Um, you know, we look and
1: sometimes we get a big idea and we have a big plan. (laughs) And honestly, most of us do our research the day before the day of, and so we don't realize that our big great plan sucked.
0: So, (laughs) for instance, Saltaire, which has a lot of really cool history, there's like a hundred places to find info about Saltaire. It's all the same fucking stuff. It's all the same. There were fires. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's the same history. Um, but it's not something a lot of people know. Uh, but still at the same time, like, I want to go really in depth and, you know, this is our hobby and sometimes we don't have a chance to really dive deep into what's out there uh, versus, say, like, Topaz Mountain, which Topaz Mountain has tons and tons of stuff and being able to go through that and distill it down or, Ogden's 25th Street, like the history of Ogden's 25th Street, is really cool and really unique. And I like being able to have a platform to dive into that stuff and and uh, you know pull it out and 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 give people an opportunity to learn about something that that is very unique to Utah that is that is a part of Utah's culture and heritage and history um, and that stuff. I really, really enjoy doing that kind of thing.
1: Some of my other fun episodes are when we do the recap of the city weekly best ofs, um, the commentary. The lo- sometimes we learn about new places, um, you know, teasing about uh, Lakai. <laughs> Kai, um, you know, those I don't know, it just, it felt cool to be, and it feels cool to be involved in that and to see that and to see the progression of the magazine and how they decide to put it together every year is, is interesting to me. And it's fun to flip through it and, and read the articles and find out more about different places. And it, it's cool when we see stuff in there that comes back to the show. Like when, um, gosh, I just had a, in the tip of, of my tongue and uh, like Pretty Bird. Like it gets mentioned all the time in there but we were interviewing Viet before Pretty Bird started like yeah. you mentioned before and I think so, I called
0: him Dad earlier because I still fuck up names.
3: Uh, Viet Fam. <laughs> well that um, was like the cheese thing. I don't even oh, know where we yeah. really found that. Cheese Awards. And so we made fun of it because it, it, but then next thing we know, we've got the direction. And
1: it was actually really interesting. And now we know about polygamy cheese. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Polygamous cheese is good stuff, apparently down in polygamous Utah. But that's just it. And, and so, uh, you know, those sorts of things, I think we'll keep doing more of. Um, we'll continue to focus on local businesses and supporting local people in the community, you know, like you heard our guest, thanks again, uh, Jeremy Pew Pew, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Pew from, from editor of Salt Lake Magazine and also, uh, author of, of a couple of books, you know, w- you know, we have, we had. now I lost my train of thought cause I, I just started making fun of the name again, <laughs> but we have, you know, we have, uh, you know, people like that on and we're able to, um, you know, dive deep. On interesting things and interesting places, and
3: um, it's just a nice experience. Well, I would, I would definitely say in the last five years, I've learned more about Utah, about weird Utah, about the people of Utah than I have in all the years I've lived
0: here. Well, and how many guests have we had on where we ask them, you know, what what's the the one thing they tell people they have to do or the most unique thing? And how many people have like tons of people have said mountains and hiking and those are huge things for us even where we are we're big outdoors folks. But how many people have said the people. Go have a conversation with Utah yeah. um cuz you you're not going to find nicer people generically uh anywhere.
1: We were at the RS, one of the RSL games, um, that we've been to recently. And what, who are we playing? It was Tennessee. And the, we actually had some Tennessee fans in front of us. Um, I think that they, I think one of them traveled and then the, the couple that was with him actually moved here from Tennessee. And he, he was talking to us because we were laughing at, you know, we were teasing him about being in a uh, RSL supporter section, and he had said that these folks had moved, and they pulled up, and just a bunch of people just came yeah, over and yeah. said, "Hey, can we help you move into your house?" Like eight
0: people walk up to him as they've got the moving van, and they're like, "Let's help you put all
1: this stuff." You know, stuff in and your house. and it's it's. That really happens. That's that's not a fake thing. That's a real thing that happens here in Utah. Um, And you don't have
0: to be Mormon for that to happen. Bree's mom, you know, she lives across from a Mormon stake center. She's an older person. She's got a sign on her door that says, Proud Catholic Home No Other Religions Needed.
1: Somebody always shovels her walk. It's usually her neighbor, but if her neighbor can't or whatever, someone
0: from the wardhouse comes and shovels her walk. They've yep. they've helped her mow for for years.
1: Yeah, there were some kids up the street until they got old and moved away, going to college and stuff. That just came down and mowed her, and and it wasn't for Anything. money. It was it just, was to just do it. that's just what they what they did as as kids. So you know, Chris teases me, you know, because he's like, "Are you going to poo poo the Mormons and stuff again?" And then I do. I, 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 uh, I get down on the actual, maybe some of the, the beliefs and, and some of the way those beliefs are taught. But the actual heart of the religion, the actual people are amazing. And within our friend group, um, the, the three, three really women that I feel the closest to are the most vulnerable. are the three LDS women <laughs> in our, in our group. Now that's not saying much cause in our group, like it it's pretty much half and half for the women. And so, and it's not like there's a ton of us, but, but, but those, those little redheaded Mormon ladies, um, they get me. And, and so this culture, it, it, it is Utah and it doesn't matter how much it changes. Um, It makes Utah what it is and it's weird and it's quirky, but other states have weird, quirky, you know, alcohol laws and things like that, but that's, but they don't have the people like we have great people here.
0: And I think on that note, we're just going to end the show. Um, You know, uh, we always encourage you to share uh, the show whenever you can. That's what helps us the most. Um, You know, we don't really advertise. We don't, uh, we don't have a Patreon or anything yet. Um, maybe we will at some point, who knows? Uh, but sharing it mm-hmm. helps us. Um, you know, go out to our website. There's lots of cool stuff. Thenewutah.com. It's really easy. Um, we blog every week, uh, with, with show recaps and links to a bunch of the stuff that we talk about. Um, we, we do special posts on, uh, people's one things and events. And Jeremy now has to do a Trent Harris post. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: but you know, it's a, it's a great place to get information. You can reach us at TNU podcast on any social media Platform, uh, we're on all of them. Uh, we do we have a TikTok? Do we set up a TikTok? We
1: haven't, but we should. I think it would be funny. Yeah, we
0: not, set up a TikTok, a TikTok yet? <laughs> uh, and uh, um, you know, you can always reach us via email. We gave it out a little bit earlier, but it's just the new Utah at gmail.com um, If you want to be on the show, if you have an event coming up, you want us to talk about locally, um, all those things are are things that we do because we love this community. We love this state. We all live here. 100% by choice. None of us have to be here. Um, you know, most of us have had opportunities to leave uh, and have thought about leaving and we all are here because we want to be. Um, and so, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully, we'll be talking to you guys in another five years in episode, what would that be? 522? Mm-hmm. <laughs> episode, fuck, that sounds really difficult to even think about in f- five more years.
1: Well, and now we've got We've got Julia on and bringing some, hopefully some youth, some youth and, <laughs> and holy shit, some, some humor because, and I, some really funny old people's stories. Like she's definitely your child, Jeremy. I, 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 I like, I have two daughters that are roughly her age. She is nothing like them. She's fucking weird. And I love her to <laughs> death.
0: But Julia, you're weird. If you actually listen to this, like, she probably will. I don't understand <laughs> the sleeping in different rooms thing. That's fucking weird, but apparently I talked to some people, that's not uncommon right now. Like that's actually a normal thing with
1: her generation. And I I think it's uh a, it's a, their generation has become way more self-aware and if they're uncomfortable or they don't want to be in a situation, they just don't put themselves there. They 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 don't feel a need to be polite for no reason.
0: So but hopefully hopefully you guys um, love Utah as much as we do, and that's why you've listened to the entire episode, uh, and and uh, thanks, thanks for listening.